I want to bring the word this morning, and I'm excited about it. And can I just um, commit to this uh, next moment with a little bit of prayer before we kind of get started? Holy Spirit, I thank you for your rich presence here. It's, it's tangible, that's for sure. Thank you that we celebrated the cross, Lord, and all that it means to us as followers of Jesus Christ and will continue to mean for us. Lord, what a rich presence of God that there is right here, right now. And I just pray that you would just do, Holy Spirit, what you do and speak to people's hearts. Thank you that we do our best in preparing a message that we believe, Lord, would be um, in season and in time. But Holy Spirit, you do the heavy lifting, and without you, we cannot do anything. So I pray that you would speak to people's hearts in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So I've been preaching a little bit of a, a series just to start the year off to hopefully build our faith into 2023, and hopefully it's done that. And of course, the, the title of the sermon has been The God of Yesterday, The God of Today, and The God of Forever. And the scripture, the key scripture that we've been you know, speaking from is found in Hebrews 13.8, where it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it is such a comforting thought in the uncertainty, um, in the unpredictable nature of life, right? In, in so much of what we see and hear um, through media and, and, and whatever, to know that there is one, Jesus Christ, who remains the same and is and will always be, church, a secure foundation that we can build our life upon, not wavering you know, to and fro. We can trust in the foundation of Jesus Christ. So, so far, I've covered the God of yesterday. Last week, I covered the God of today. Today, I want to speak on the God of forever. I want to go there. But let me just recap some of the main points for those who weren't a part of what I've been kind of sharing. And if you want to hear any of that, you can obviously jump online and, and check out what we've been kind of sharing in the last couple of weeks. But the first week, the God of yesterday just spoke about how we can build our faith by remembering the past faithfulness of our God. And it is so easy. Human nature is that sometimes we just forget. We just forget about things. And we, you know, before you know it, we've forgotten that the God of yesterday, who was always faithful, is still with us today, but we forget. We have a short memory sometimes. And a couple of examples from, from the Bible that are perfect in that is, of course, the Israelites. I spoke about how God walked them out of bondage and out of slavery, took them out of a place of, you know, um, hopelessness. Right? They, were, they were like beaten by the Egyptians, right? and God brought them out of that place. And then not too long into the future, they're complaining, they're whinging, and they're whining, and they're saying, you brought us to the wilderness here to kill us because we're starving and there's no food, and they're complaining and they're forgetting what God had done in the past. And then, of course, in the New Testament, the disciples, classic example of forgetting, they're walking with God in person. They're walking with Jesus Christ. They're 
watching him do the impossible, raising the dead, healing the paralyzed, doing amazing things. And then they're stuck in a storm themselves. And the first thing that they revert to is panic. Um, Jesus said, you lack faith. And they forget the gods of faithfulness who they saw do the impossible. They saw do the miraculous. So my encouragement from the first week was this. Build your faith by reminding yourself of God's past faithfulness in your life constantly. Talk about it. Make it part of your normal conversation at home, wherever you are, whoever you speak to. Make it part of what you do. I speak about the faithfulness of my God. I always will. He was faithful before the God of yesterday, and he'll be faithful today and this year. Thank you, Jesus. And of course, last week, I spoke on the God of today. And I love the fact that Jesus, he addresses the needs and challenges of today that we have. And we can trust that he will address them tomorrow. But we aren't living in Tomorrow, we don't lend trouble from the future through our worrisome thoughts because the word encourages us, instructs us, live in the present, live in the here and now. God's word instructs us to focus on the present and live one day, one day at a time, take one step at a time, and trust that. He, the God of the present, is with us. And of course, I used four Ps to help us um, understand the God of the present who is with us today. And of course, the first one was exactly what I just said. The God of the present is with you today. He is present in your life today. He is with us. The God of the present is acquainted with all our ways. I use Psalm 139 where it talks about He knows when I rise up and when I sit down. When did you rise up? This morning, right? Who hasn't risen up yet? Who's who's still sleeping? Anyone? Right? He's acquainted with all our ways. The God of the present is with you today. And then, of course, I spoke on the God of provision is with you today. Jesus takes full ownership, full ownership of being the provider. He takes that place and he says, I am the provider. He meets the needs that we have on a daily basis. Praise the Lord for that. And then, of course, I spoke on the God of peace is with you today. The God of peace. The God of peace invites you today. For those who didn't hear this last week, let me say this. The God of peace invites you today to enter into a peace that only He can provide because peace belongs to our God. Listen, This shirt, who does it belong to? It belongs to me. And the only way you can receive this shirt is by coming to me and asking, Dave, can I please have your shirt? And if anyone does that, by the way, please ask me after service. I'll be more than happy to give you my shirt. But you must come to the owner of the possession. You must come to God, the owner of peace. And you ask him, God, can I please have this peace that you offer which surpasses all understanding. We come with thanksgiving and supplication and make our requests known to Him 
And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind. The peace of God is with us today. And then, of course, the last one I spoke on was the God of pardon is with us today. And praise the Lord that his mercies, as Lukeman was sharing in worship, are new every single morning. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but let me just remind you that the God of pardon is with you today. He's with you, and you can have a brand new start, a fresh start every single day with him. But today, let me focus on the God of forever. Let me just bring this to a completion and praise God that the God of forever has given us, church, a rite of passage through his son Jesus to be in eternal communion with him. Praise the Lord for that. And some of the most beautiful scriptures are found in John 10, 27. It says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. How good is that? To know we're in the palm of his hand. And when he gives us salvation, nobody can snatch us out of that mighty hand of our God. And John 11 says this in verse 25 says, I am, this is Jesus speaking, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may physically die, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Praise the Lord. Praise God that the God of forever is, our, is in our tomorrow. He is already gone ahead of us and has prepared a place for us. And of course, the Bible says no ear, no eye or ear has heard or seen what he has prepared for those who love him. He's prepared a place for us. But let me share a couple thoughts. Scripture makes a couple things very, very, very clear. Number one is this. There is so much more than this life. So much more. And then the other thought that I want to kind of expand on is life is short in comparison to eternity. Very short. There's so much more to life, and it is very short. Let me read you Psalm 39. It says this, verse 4. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. Now, stop for a second. I'll stop there. Put your hand up. Everybody put your hand up if you, if you don't mind. The width of your hand. Now, I'll say this. If somebody has a larger hand than yours, ask them if you can swap. Okay? Because this beautiful example of how short life is, my entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Wow. We are merely moving shadows. And all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. Life is 
short. It's clear. And we are instructed to set our minds upon eternal things. Upon eternal things. The God of forever, listen to this church. The God of forever, the God of tomorrow is speaking to us from the future through his word, instructing us of what really matters. What investment is worth pursuing? What will last for eternity? What should take first place in our lives? Who's ever watched um, movies where somebody goes into the future? Anyone? Joe and I love Korean dramas. There's plenty of them, uh, you know, plots where you go into the future. But can you believe that the God of the future, the God of tomorrow, if we take, you know, you know, in the movies, what they often do is they go into the future and they see that the, the, the decisions they made in the past have affected what's happening in the future. And then they go back to the past and they change things. Listen, we don't have to make the mistakes of the here and now because God reminds us in his word, the God of tomorrow, who has gone into the future, of what really matters. What should I invest my life into? What should take first place? He reminds us the God of forever. Matthew 6.33 says this, But seek first the kingdom of God, first place, and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. And of course, that is found in Matthew 6 when we're talking about our needs of, you know, what should I eat, what should I wear, and all that. The Bible says he'll take care of that. But first, first place, don't forget what is first place. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. There will always be a contest, okay, of priorities between the temporal and the eternal. Isn't that the truth? The priorities of my flesh versus the priorities of my spirit. So for the remainder of this message, let me show you some biblical passages that highlight the choice between temporal and eternal things. Really kind of bring that to life, as well as the outcome of whatever choice you made. Because as I said, going into the future, you realize the here and now matters. What I do here and now matters. And there is an outcome in the future. And we need to be aware of that. We can choose to focus on eternal things instead of being swept away. And we know we all, it's a tendency, it's a human nature of us to be swept away away by the temporal things that this life offers. So let me read from James 4.13. It says this, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. 
For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, and hear this, we're being instructed, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. This passage, it gives us our reality check of the uncertainty of life, doesn't it? What is your life? <laughs> Just like that. The passage, it exposes the individual who prioritizes temporal things. The things that are not eternal. In fact, this individual has forgotten God in their future plans. The Bible describes this individual who boasts with arrogance as evil. Question for you, question for me, question for us. Do we consider God in the process of planning? Is God even on the agenda of my future focus? We can fall into the trap and I'm preaching to myself of believing that things are somehow in my control. It's up to me. This passage, what it does, is it corrects your process of thinking, right? By instructing us to have a, a God focus at the forefront of our minds. Where is God in the in this place, in your heart, in your mind. Where is he? Is he first place? The Bible says you ought to say if the Lord wills. God should be the absolute center of our lives. The center, not a part of our lives. The very center. Now let me ask you something. Is the Bible saying it's wrong to plan, buy or sell? Absolutely not. Actually, I love planning. I love to be organized. It's, if I find that it blesses my life. You know, I know anyone use Google Calendar around here? Yeah, I love, you know, it's such a good thing to kind of know what's ahead so you can plan and do your best and be a good steward of your time. So there's nothing wrong with planning. But let me challenge us with this. Let me challenge us with this. How much thought, right, or planning do you put into the things of God? That's for all of us to hear, compared to your own priorities. How much focus am I putting on the things of God? The temporal things, they shall pass. They do not last. This passage in James reminds us that life is but for a moment. This passage challenges me to think this, and I hope it challenges you to think this. God, allow, allow my moment on this earth to count. If it's just like this, if it's just the width of my hand or just one breath, Lord, please allow my time while I'm here, to count for you. Nothing else matters more than that. But how do I do that? 
The question is, how do I do that? Matthew 6.19 says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, which is temporal things, right? Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, eternal things, eternal things, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What a challenging scripture reminding us of the temporal versus the eternal. I can't think, church, of anything more precious than focusing on eternal things like souls, like people. I think about it for myself at the moment. Joe and I have been challenged this year as parents. We've been challenged to focus on the souls we have under our nose, my kids, you know, and that is the treasure I'm talking about, human beings, right? I don't think the passage is necessarily talking about don't store up for yourself laptops and um, plasmas and stuff like that because who knows, even in heaven, I mean, the, the joy of, you know, our entertainment or whatever we have, it passes when you buy a new thing you like it for a little while you like your new car new bike or whatever you get but eventually that passes but I'll tell you something that the joy that would never pass a treasure that will never ever seize the excitement the joy that comes out is human beings and souls investing your life into eternal things and like I said my kids it takes work it takes effort it takes a lot of um, thinking and planning about how you can best serve the people in your life. But when I think about the eternal treasure that God is talking about in his word, I think he's giving me a message from the future and saying, Dave, don't focus upon temporal things. Focus on eternal things, things that will last. Devote your life to pursuing the things of God, an eternal reward instead of temporal. The pursuit of God and the things of God are my first priority. Let them be your first priority. His kingdom being established on this earth. The question I believe that we should all be asking is this, Lord, how can I play my part in your eternal plan? You're the God of forever. There is a tomorrow. God, if my life is short, what can I do to be a part of your plan in this eternal focus? Let me encourage you with this. There's so much more input you can have in the things of God than just attending church. Here's the thing. Can I just say something? Make it your priority this year, right? To not be on the fringe of church life. Invest in the kingdom of God. Give your talents. Give your skills. Give all you have to those in this building, to those people, to the people in the community of Christ. Say, you know what? I will, I, will, I will put my hand up and I will invest my life into eternal things. Make that a decision for this year. I believe that your gifts and talents can be such a blessing 
to our church and also to the kingdom of God. I really believe that. An investment into eternal things. Now, I'm coming to a close for this message, but I want to just share with you a couple um, biblical examples of people who chose temporal or eternal. First one is found in Luke 10, 38. It says this, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you were worried and troubled about many things. Temporal priorities. But one thing, one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken, which will not be taken away from her. Eternal priorities. Now, of course, this is just one situation. And yes, it's good to help, you know, and serve and not just bask in the presence of God. Can my wife and I say amen to that? (laughs) We need each other to help around the house. But who knows if Jesus identified a characteristic in this woman, Mary, that was flawed in that her many of her priorities and her thoughts are focused upon temporal things. You know, Jesus was pretty good at knowing where people are at. And he, would, he was able to pinpoint what they needed to hear, right? And at that moment, he said, one thing matters, and she's chosen well. Mary chose, sorry, I said Mary before. I meant Martha. <laughs> Mary chose the pursuit of Jesus over everything else. And let that be, let that be, let that sink in to our hearts. Let the pursuit of Jesus be above everything else. Nothing else matters compared to my pursuit of Jesus. Now let me share another story before I finish up. The rich young ruler who chose temporal priorities. Mark 10, 17 says, Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? We're talking about eternal things, eternal life. So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not hear Sorry, do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, said this, One thing you lack. Go and go your way. So whatever you have, whatever you have, temporal things, right? And give to the poor. Invest into eternal things. Things, the poor, souls, invest your life into people, in other words, 
And you will have treasure in heaven, eternal reward. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But what was his response? It says that this. He says this. He was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And how that is so true in the context of today, in the here and now. For many of us, it is the other things of life that consume us and take priority over our pursuit of Jesus. And in this case, Jesus pinpointed that area of temporal things and said, hey, you got to get your mind focused upon eternal things, upon souls that last. Sell everything you have, give to the poor, because the poor are people, and people are eternal. Focus on what is eternal, not on the temporal. Mary, she chose eternal priorities. The rich young man chose temporal priorities. The question is, for us today, what will you choose? What will I choose? We're seeing scripture give us insight into tomorrow. And we have an opportunity in the here and now, today, to make decisions and choices. God gives us that opportunity. Will you choose temporal or eternal? Every choice, I said at the beginning, has an outcome. And the outcome, let me tell you, is not a trivial thing. I don't know if you remember the story when Jesus spoke about the seed that fell on different surfaces. Does everyone remember that story? The seed that was sown. Some of the seed fell on, on shallow ground. There was no soil or anything, and so it sprung up and then withered away when the sun hit it. Another seed fell on the ground, and a predator, a, a, a raven, I would say, I don't exactly know what it was, but came and picked up that seed and stole it away, took it away. The third seed fell amongst the thorns. Now listen to this, Matthew 13, 22, and Jesus explains what that seed, what that meant. And he says this, Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, temporal priorities, choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. And what does Jesus say about the unfruitful tree? What does he say? It says in Matthew 7, 19, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I'm not trying to put condemnation on us right now. I'm just trying to preach what God's word says. Listen, you being saved are not meant to sit dormant and be unfruitful and, 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 and be in a position where we don't move forward. But let me tell you something. The plan of 
our Savior is to take your life to multiply His Word through you, to use you as a mouthpiece, your testimony being a, something that can reach other people. This scripture, this last verse that I read, basically is saying the tree that doesn't produce fruit is worthless. And it's a challenge for us because it helps us realize this. When you focus on eternal things, you will produce fruit. You will produce good fruit. When your heart is inclined onto the word and you say, God, allow my life to produce fruit, to be a fruitful tree. He will advise you, focus your life upon eternal things, things that last, and not on the temporal things that don't last. And we saw that in the Word. And let me just finish with this before I invite Joe to come and finish up our service. The God of forever is speaking to us from the future, as I've said, through His Word. Devote your life to pursuing the things of God. An eternal reward instead of a temporal one. Can anybody receive that in their heart? Let's just close our eyes for a moment and Joe's going to come up and I'm just going to pray a prayer over us.